1: And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place.
2: That's right. MMA is upon us. A weekend full of it. And tomorrow night, UFC back in action at the empty apex. Well, empty-ish apex. There's a handful of people there. UFC Vegas 31 main event in the lightweight division. Islam Makachev taking on Tiago Moises. And according to Las Vegas and the betting lines, not a lot of hope for... One Tiago Moises tomorrow night. But also, another big storyline going down in the co-main events: the return after a nearly five-year layoff of one Misha Tate, the former women's bantamweight champion, as she will take on Marion Renault in what will be Renault's final fight of her mixed martial arts careers. We're here to talk about this card: UFC Vegas 31 going down tomorrow with all of you. To welcome you to our preview show, I am Mike Heck, being joined by the entire crew here. We got Jose Youngs in Arizona. Big game five coming up very soon for Suns the Phoenix Suns against the Milwaukee Bucks. We got Alex Kaylee, who had it. Unfortunately, his... are we?
3: Uh, we talking about MMA? It, yeah. We talked about MMA last week, didn't we? Talk about MMA last week? We're talking about me again already. <laughs> uh, that ki- that kills the parties, guys. That normally kills the parties. It's alright. Well, you know, I'm, I'm I'm workshopping it. I'm workshopping it. Just workshopping my, my MMA joke material. <laughs> Thank. <laughs>
2: Uh, next time next time next time okay nice try Joey Gladstone and then we got EKC Casey Leiden joining us on the ones and twos how are you my friend doing fantastic sir happy to be no here. dad joke no dad joke to kick us off
4: no, no, I'm, I'm here to talk business MMA mixing the martial arts
2: that's what we're here for yeah I was gonna start off with the joke about the jump rope but I thought I'd skip it hey all, all right, right. let's that's right. That's right. So, Islam Makachev versus Tiago Moises, of course. The lightweight division was at the top of the marquee this past weekend. UFC 264, Dustin Poirier defeats Conor McGregor. We're not here to talk about that. But in a way, this card kind of was. It kind of gets buried due to the hangover and the aftermath of, of UFC 264 and everything that has come out of it and continues to come out of it. Do you kind of feel that yourself, Jose? I mean, some sometimes these hangovers post pay per view are real, but I feel like this one's lasting quite a bit longer than some of the other ones we talked about. Do you agree with that? Yeah,
5: but it's just how it goes with any Conor McGregor fight card. Like, do you remember the card after UFC two twenty nine?
4: What was that? Which one was that?
5: <laughs> that was Anthony Smith, Vulcan Ozdemir up in what Moncton, wasn't uh, and Artem Lobov right. was going to fight Habib's <laughs> teammate on that card uh before that all fell out. So it's just the same thing. They have like a an interesting main event with some interesting fights. They just get lost in the shuffle with a massive Conor McGregor card the week before. Like it's just it's just par for the course right now. Like I don't know many people that remember UFC two hundred three or what UFC two hundred six. Like it's just it just happens. Uh, th- and those are pay per view cards after. So um, it, it's the usual. I'm not I'm not surprised, as one Mister Nathan Diaz once said.
2: Okay, as 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 you know, this one was this event kind of snake bitten in a way. I mean, we still have an a, an interesting main event, but we were supposed to get Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez tomorrow. Ooh. So I don't feel like the hangover would be as bad with that fight at the top of the bill as opposed to this fight, which is which is a fine fight. But I don't know. Like we, we haven't talked about your rating scale, your your gymnastic scale, so to speak, for a while. Like, what's the best this card can do with what we have right now, and no, no, Holloway versus Rodriguez, Mike.
3: There's, there's a reason we haven't used the gymnastic scale in a while. Uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for MMA cards. I realize, but, but since you asked, if we must do this, if we must entertain this exercise, I mean, I think this card, taking it all in its entirety, not just in card, I think card could be like a an eight point five. <laughs> wow. I think this has a degree of difficulty. All right, listen. There's three. Three bantamweight fights in this card. Bantamweights rule. We know this. I think Khalid Taha and Miles Johns and Anderson Dos Santos, those were bo- both good fights. I see a lot of good lighter weight stuff on, on the prelims. I know we're going to dig deeper. Yeah, but I'm just looking at the prelims. I think a lot of underappreciated lighter weight action. And I'm intrigued by the top two fights in this card. I'm intrigued by actually quite a few fights in this main card. So I'm going... Again, this is a, everything. We're talking like you get good back and forth fights, you get some exciting knockouts, you get a cool submission, you get some, you know, some drama. Uh, that's if everything culminates, I think this card could be in
2: 8.5. How do you like this card, EKC? What do you think? Like, wh- 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 how would you gauge your excitement level for this card? Like, there are some very interesting fights, but this is kind of like a card Jose talks about from time to time where it's like, it's a lot, there's a lot of storylines surrounding certain fighters and, you know, their apparent road to get to that next step. And we talked about that in between the links yesterday, but there are some like pretty compelling, interesting matchups, especially on the prelims. Where would you gauge your excitement level for this particular card tomorrow night?
4: Eh,
2: Solid five.
4: It's, um, there's no, uh, there's, there's fighters I'm interested in seeing. There's no actual matchups. I'm like, that's the matchup that needs to fight. That that, that needs to happen right now. Um, I mean, I'm excited to see Gamera. I'm excited to see Misha Tate's return. Um, I'm excited to see how good Makachev is, um, or can be. Um, actually, the um, Daniel Rodriguez is always exciting to watch. Amanda Amanda Limos Limos is that how you say it? Is that what we're saying? Lemos, yeah. Limos yeah. She's looked spectacular at strawweight, so I'm 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 kind of bummed out that's so buried on the undercard against um, a very um a very exciting Montserrat Conejo. So um, but as far as matchups, I mean, it's it's a card. I'm I'm not. I mean, I, I'm watching it. I, w- I would if if I'm uh, even if I wasn't working, I would be at home excited to watch the fights. But I mean, it's there's nothing is uh, yeah. It's 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 a fight night card. That's all. I mean, I think I I don't think we have to oversell it. I think it's, an, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I'm, just, I, I, I'm not trying I, I to pra- crap on the card or anything, I'm just like, it's, it's they're fights. Are you sure? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's missing a main event, it's, all, it's just missing a main event. If it had Holloway Yair, you know, something that's really got like serious title implications, heck yeah, but um, no, it's just missing a main event, that's not the UFC's fault, it happens, but that's why you know, they have a loaded roster, so the rest of the card is decent.
2: So let's talk about this main event, Jose, because right now, our good friends at DK Nation have Islam Makachev as a minus 720 favorite, and the comeback on Tiago Moises is plus 500. Now, Islam is obviously a protege of Habib Nurmagomedov. A lot of people feel like he's sort of the, the second coming of Habib, and he could be right in the title hunt, title picture, with the title around his waist very soon with the way that he's been performing in there. And uh, pretty much this entire fight's been put together from you know a lot of people that I've that I've spoken with and a lot of reports out there no one wants to fight is on makachev nobody wants to fight this guy in the top 15 or the top 10 and understandably so because the risk reward factor isn't quite there but tiago moises is like you know what i've been the underdog for so many of these different fights fights michael johnson fights bobby green fights alexander hernandez and he's kind of the overlooked guy what do you think of this matchup in particular and tiago moises is saying you know what give me a pen i'm signing
5: I mean it's just it's what I said a while ago. Like you have these fighters that will do the UFC's favor like favors and then it will work out for them in the long run. I think it's both of these fighters. Like Islam clearly wanted to fight, the UFC wanted him to fight. Tiago Moises wanted to fight. So they just found two lightweights that are in the top fifteen that just want to fight, and they did. I mean, Habib did it himself. Like, what, Habib fought Michael Johnson when he had already, like, got offered a contract to fight for the title, and then they pulled it, he just goes, F it, I'll fight Michael Johnson. And then he gets hurt, and he comes back and fight Edson Barbosa, like the RDA, the Pat Healy fights, the... What, did he fight, like, uh, uh... forget his first name, Horcher, like on that Florida card, he stayed out Horcher, the Florida, yeah. fight. Yeah, there you go. So it's just like Habib did the same thing. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that Islam uh, is going to do. And from everything I've heard from just being around that team for like all these various fight nights, a lot of people think Islam has a higher ceiling than Habib because he hasn't been overly injured. Yes. He's lost a lot of uh, fights and people haven't wanted to fight him, but People think Islam could be a better all-around mixed martial artist than who many people consider to be the greatest lightweight, if not one of the top five greatest fighters in the history of the sport. So uh, as Casey and I have said a million times, anytime the best fight or there's any sort of inkling of they might be the best, I'm very excited. So this whole there's no main event, it's the Islam Makachev show. And if he truly is the best lightweight, I want to watch him fight. And a lot of people think that it's only a matter of time like whoever's the champion right now or moving forward is just keeping the seat warm for Mr. Islam Makhachev. So if that's the case, I'm very excited for this fight. He has not. He hasn't really. He's yeah. He's lost. yet. He's had a stumbling block. He doesn't have that O on his record. So, but I can't wait. Uh, his I can't. I I am very very excited for this main event. Yeah. How and who's Thiago lost to? Like Benil Dariush and then um, Ismagul, the individual who f- lost. Yeah, and he, isn't he on like a 16 fight win streak? Or something crazy like that. Like this oh. is Tiago Moises is
3: no, no, Mogulov. No, is yeah. God. God.
5: The guy that the only two losses that Tiago Moises has, has in the UFC are to Benil Dariush, who a lot of people are also saying is like a win away from the lightweight title fight and just beat Tony Ferguson uh pretty handedly, who meant who, who was supposed to fight for the title. And then the other guy lost, hasn't lost in what like five, six yeah. years? And then he has <laughs> so like Tiago Moises is really good. Like, he's probably, he could be a top 10, maybe just hasn't had the matchups either. So, I am super excited for this fight. And would I be more excited for Max Holloway, y- Yair Rodriguez? A thousand percent. But if you put Islam Makhtiv and Tiago Moises in the octagon for five rounds, 25 minutes, I'm going to sit at the edge of my seat the whole time. So, 10 out of 10 main event for me.
2: Yeah, his other losses career, 10. Robert Watley yeah. at LFL. 100
5: percent, man. Yeah. I, so love nice. wow, I, I love this. I love this. If this was a fight.
4: Francis if this, Garo, was, John if Jones. this was,
5: if this was a fight, it would be like you know how like I, I, Mike, I always say like this is just a really ex- high level martial arts competition. Like I don't care if this is for the title, if this is the main event, this is whatever. That's this for me. I don't care if this is the first fight of the night or the last fight of the night, or it's a gym or if they're training in the gym. I want to watch Islam Makshev fight Tiago Moises to see how good both men are.
2: Yeah, I I think it's kind of. Listen, it's not Holloway Yair, and it's no. unfair to compare the two fights. But this is an intriguing matchup. Like Tiago Moises has has done a lot of good things. He he looks really good on the feet. I really like his boxing. I really like the way he approaches the striking game. He's made a lot of adjustments, a lot of changes. And one thing that is overlooked about Tiago Moises, his striking defense is unbelievable. Like go back and watch that Alexander Hernandez fight. And I know there there are people out there who thought that Hernandez won that fight. Santa, I mean, Tiago, man, and
5: I do. He's, <laughs> I do he's so add. good
2: at dodging punches, man. Like he, he like Hernandez missed n- like eighty percent of the punches that people thought he actually landed.
5: And I do want to add, wasn't when he fought Benil Darius, wasn't that like a last minute fight? Wasn't that like his first UFC fight, at least first or second one? So it's because I remember Benil like dominated him, and then after the fight, he was like he's he just wasn't ready because because in, in, he, he, Benil just wanted to stay on the card. And maybe yeah. he's ready now, but yeah, good fight. I like the fight. I Like the
2: fight. Are you AK? I, I, are you surprised that the line is this heavy on? I mean, I know no, Makachev no, has no, that allure no. to him. He's really good. It's. I, I just feel like nearly an eight to one in favor right now. It's just I don't know. I'm kind of surprised it's that high. Like if it was five to one, it wouldn't surprise me. But seven twenty going up, continuing to rise. That's a little surprising to me.
3: I don't agree with it, but it doesn't surprise me. Uh, again, if we're talking about how the odds makers should be thinking, once people hear, you know, who might, even people who aren't familiar with Makachev now that he's been built up, I mean, he has been being built up as a while, but you know, it's a fight week, so it's coming up again. the The next Khabib talk, you know, he's he's that guy who's going to fill that space. Um, how how can the oddsmakers not? You know, you can't you can't make the odds heavy enough in that case. Uh, and Tiago Moises, as Jose's kind can of say, is relatively unknown. He's a tough guy uh who's known again for those of us who keep up with it but as far as casual betting goes they don't know who tiago Moises is um he didn't uh, the, the the other thing i want to focus on here guys is this this is exciting because this is a situation where uh we have in the ma fighting global rankings the only rankings that matter we have islam makachev higher than the ufc does so uh, islam makachev is number nine in the uh, quote-unquote official UFC rankings, whatever that means, uh, and number seven in the real rankings, in our rankings. So, uh, so we'll see. I think we're, I think we're, I like it. I think we're ahead of the game here. This is this is one of the reasons. You know, for anyone who doesn't know, we just recently made our own rankings. Go to MMAfighting.com. There's a nice little thing, button at the top you can find it. check them out. Uh, and we wanted to differentiate ourselves from official rankings from UFC, from Beltor, and whoever else has official rankings. So this is the number. So this is to, to Jose's point. This is the according. this is officially the number seven lightweight in the world fight. What I'm do saying. we have Moises? What do we have Moises at? He is not ranked. However, in my own rankings, in my own uh, rankings, I would have him seventeenth. I would have him in the top 20. I don't know if you guys
4: disagree, but I would have him in the top twenty. He's top twenty in mine too. So number seven versus sure. the top twenty guy.
3: Top twenty, yeah. twenty-ish. Right. Yeah.
4: In pretty the real time, pretty good.
5: Like as as Casey Ladd yeah. once said, sometimes you need showcase fights,
4: and that, and that's why I think this is. And, and I we don't, love showcase fights. I'm all about showcase fights. I, I, I'm just I saying, love, I love you don't got to cancel your dinner plans to watch a showcase fight. That's all.
2: Well said. Anybody picking Tiago Moises to pull off this upset before we move on to the co-main event?
5: No, but I think it's definitely closer than those massive odds you just laid out. I think yeah. the
4: odds are accurate. I
3: think a submission is very possible. Moises is so good. It's so good on the ground. So much fun to watch, too. But, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm, on, I'm all on the uh, Makachev Maka hype train, so I'm not going to go against it. Yeah,
2: yeah I think, and, and Moises clearly has the striking advantage in this fight, too. He's just so defensively sound and good at avoiding. I just don't know what his takedown I'm defense... Like- we haven't seen enough of his sample size, because, I mean, clearly he wants to keep this thing on the feet. He is dangerous on the ground, too, but you do not want that man on top, Iza Makachev, on top of you for what could be 25 minutes. That's a long damn night. God, Jose.
5: I th- I don't know if it's, he'll steamroll over him, but I, I'm i excited to see him face another guy that can actually mix it up. Because, like, who's his last two fights? Dober and Hamos. Da- Davi Hamos is not known for his striking, obviously, and Drew Dober is not known for his wrestling, obviously. And I think, Thiago, Mo- would I favor Dober against Moises? Maybe, but I just think Moises mixes it together a lot more than Hamos and Dober. And, like, who was, and who was his win before that? Sarukian? Like, we're still comparing Sarukian. Based on his loss to Islam, because it was a really good fight in his first ever UFC fight, people are saying, "Look at Arman Sarukian, like did that well against Islam. How good is he? And like he hasn't lost since. So yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited to watch Islam Makachev fight and Tiago Moises. I'm
4: excited yeah. to watch Islam Makachev fight.
2: Yeah, you're very, you, you are very very high on Islam, as as is everybody. But you are a, everyone. Uh, everyone is, I, really I, I had a, on the,
4: there was a moment when Islam, I think he fought it. I think it was in. I think it was in Cleveland. Oh, I'm not sure. It was uh where was it? Boston. It was in Boston. He won in Boston. I remember yeah, I remember he dominated. I remember him doing his um post-fight scrum and I was with Eric Hawani. And I remember telling him, Go, that must be the hardest man to book for Sean Shelby. Cause there is no reason because he is clearly to me top. I think I think I thought he was top five talent, but probably top 10, being generous, being top he was he already was already top 10 talent. And he wasn't anywhere near the top 10 actual rankings. And I just thought he was going to be impossible to book. So unless the UFC can really kind of basically connect him to Habib. So basically, if you beat Islam, you're basically beating Habib. Otherwise, he's just going to be – he's going to get matchups like this because I just don't see anyone above him in the rankings accepting a fight of him.
5: That's why I was really disappointed when um, Kevin Lee hopped up. Because Kevin Lee wanted to fight Islam in Moscow. And I no one wanted to fight Islam, and no one wanted to go to Moscow. And Kevin Lee wanted to do both uh, for that main event, and unfortunately, it just didn't work out for fight fans. And, and, and didn't gonna, he, who did he beat in Boston? Didn't he knock out Glyson yeah, like in like, in like ninety seconds or? Seconds. It, was a yeah, yeah. it was a
4: minute. Yeah, it was a minute. Yeah, a minute, right? a minute. Yeah, and and this is gonna be the problem for um, Makachev too. Is if I think if I think what he 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 does what he I think he'll do, and he was gonna steamroll in this fight. He's still gonna be ranked number seven or whatever he is in the UFC rankings. Like, there's no reason for us to bump him higher. So his next fight, might, he might be in the same situation again. You know, he'll face Barbie Green. I don't know, um, but we're just it. Yeah, until until a a higher rank, until he until he gets upset by a lower rank guy or someone just takes that risk and faces him, Mike Jeff might have. A, he's gonna have a problem against that t- eventual title shot. I
5: still want? I still want yeah. the RDA fight. I can tell you
4: though. I can tell you, though, in our in
3: our uh, in our rankings, some people ha- I believe he was as high as if I remember, I think someone had him as high as three. I would. I, could agree, I would at least not, top. I could. I would
5: top put
3: in top five. I definitely had people. Sure. He was definitely in se- several of our voting panels, top five. Uh, and I, I feel like someone had him almost high as like three or four. I, he was way, way, way up there, which mitigated because he's actually a little bit lower in my rankings uh just because again he doesn't have that top five win but if you're asking me would i pick him to beat like s- so many names in the top 10 yeah I-, I probably would but uh, i'm you know i'm, I'm always looking like who they beat yet so kind of like casey said he's just stuck in this position <laughs> yeah. where we all know he's a top five guy he's clearly a top five guy which top five top six top seven guy is yeah. going to accept this fight after this especially if he runs through moises it, he it, said it's just like, to be
5: even more difficult, you know, yeah. and he he says the right things. Like I think UFC 260 in his post-fight press conference, uh, the one I think that that was in Ghanem Stipe. Uh, he called out Tony Ferguson because he wanted to close the he wanted to be like he, Habib and Tony yeah. never fought. And he wanted to finally put an end to that. He says the right things. Uh, he should be fighting Dan Hooker right now. But Dan Hooker said a thousand times he has no interest in it, uh, unfortunately, but such so is life.
2: Such is life. I do like the RDA RDA fight, fight. and hopefully, yeah, I think that's the one you go back to if he goes out there and does does the damn thing. So now we got
0: the NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down.
1: And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: Co main event, Misha Tate is back. First time since UFC 205, that loss to Raquel Pennington. She walked away. She sort of stayed in the MMA space, took an executive role with one championship, did some color commentary for different promotions along the way, but she is back to uh, bid a farewell and adieu to Marion Renault, who will make the walk to the Octagon for the final time. So, AK, okay, let me start with you. What will you, what, what questions do you have here about Misha Tay? Like, what's the one question you really need to have answered?
3: Man, so, I mean, can she still pull the trigger? I mean, can she, the, one, the one of the reasons she retired was, I, I mean, I think everyone, a lot of people saw the Raquel Pennington fight, UFC 205. Uh, there was some, you know, that audio in the middle of the fight where she was telling, I believe, I think it was, she was still with Brian Caraway at the time. And she was telling him, like, it's just not, you know, not tonight. I, I just, I just don't have it tonight. You know, and so when she retired, to like it came as a surprise to no one. Um, now, now it's pretty easy to project that she was is in a better place now. She's become a mother uh, two, two two times over. She has two children. Um, she got to do sort of see the other side of the business. She went to go work as an executive for one championship. She really got to explore life beyond just the training side of it, just the fighting side of it, the promotional side. And I think that's that's going to be huge. For but at the same time, this is someone coming off a nearly five-year layoff; hasn't fought since November 2016. Um, so, my most optimistic projection is: I, I think she's going to look great. But that is a, uh, that is honestly a pure guess because we know that that athletes can look in training; they can look great in the lead up to a fight. But she hasn't actually been in that fight scenario in almost five years. So when you step in that cage, and it's a very weird environment—no fans. You know, this is a, a UFC Apex or, or Limited, uh, whoever they allow at the Apex, but essentially no fans. Can she still? Can she get that motivation without that charge of a live crowd? She's a fan favorite. You know, she always has the crowd behind her. There's no crowd this time. It's a very a, a sterile environment. So uh, big, big, big questions uh, ahead of, uh, and she has a, a tough opponent who, yes, is on a losing streak, but is a veteran. Is ranked i guess in the UFC rankings um and it's certainly not a walkover i think it's the right opponent but it's certainly not not a cakewalk so tons of questions tons of questions surrounding the co-main event
2: jose we, listen we talk about mma quote unquote retirements all the time and a lot of them don't stick but are you surprised that we're about to watch a misha tay fight after ufc 205 and her walking away and her going to one and all that like did you ever think we'd see a day where misha tay would say you know what Let's do this again, and let's try to make another run at this thing. Uh,
5: I'm a little surprised it's in the UFC. If anything, I thought she would, you know, return to one championship or uh, maybe go to, like, Invicta or PFL or whatever. I'm not so – I'm not surprised she's back. Uh, maybe she wanted to compete for, like, show her kids that she could compete. Like, maybe they're at an age where they can actually, like, acknowledge that their mom is a high-level athlete. That I don't know. Um, but I'm surprised she's back in the UFC. But cool, another uh, high-level Bantamweight challenger that – uh We've we've been talking a lot about how Amanda Nunez is running out of opponents. And yeah, she just tore through Misha Tate. Uh, but I want to see if it depending on how, how Misha Tate looks on Saturday, I wouldn't hate seeing that rematch again. Like just I know it's not fresh blood, but five years is a long time between fights. I mean, what was it like seven years or something crazy like that between Connor and Dustin? And that was a complete, completely different turnout, too. Uh so I'm excited. Uh will she win? Don't know, but I'm excited to see how she looks.
2: Casey, AK sort of touched on it, and I want to get your take on this because and I, I think you were there for the Eric Nixick interview. I'm pretty sure you you produced that. Yeah. But Eric, I, I asked him about Misha, and he said that the biggest thing about her return that gets him excited was the fact that she stuck around in the space. Mentally, she got to see the sport evolve, and she got to watch it with her own eyes, and she, and she understood it. So while the physical side of her – wasn't quite there when she got back the mental capacity when it comes to MMA was there. Cause she'd been there the entire time. Do you agree with that? And you know, how much do you think that helps her heading into this return after nearly five years out of the, out of the cage? Uh,
4: I'm, I'm going to take um, uh, Nick six's word and you no, know, believe him that she didn't mentally leave MMA. Um, i I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about her return. Um, she's not; she hasn't aged out of the sport. She's only 34. She retired relatively young, and let's not forget when she fought Amanda Nunes. I think uh, I mean I don't want to throw her nutrition nutritionist under the bus. She was anything. on keto. Yeah, she was on a she was on a pretty bad MMA bro type of diet, and she had a horrible <laughs> weight cut. And um, if you remember, I like, remember she almost didn't even make the cut for the weigh-in. Yeah, like that that fight yeah. almost yeah. got canceled. So, Amanda Nunes clearly is, you know, the best band in the world right now. But I, I think if they ran it back, you a know, hundred times, Amanda doesn't, doesn't dominate that easily, I guess. Um, so, no, I'm excited. And I'm excited about her coming back. And I never thought Misha Tate retired. I think she just needed an extended break. And because people forget, I mean, Misha's been doing this since, like, she's a veteran. Even though she's only 34. I feel like she's been in this for like as long as any other woman in the sport, she was fighting, you know, shoot and hook tournaments, way, way pre Invicta, who pre- can shoot who can shoot. Yeah. Sorry. Who can shoot. She was doing those <laughs> tournaments way, way back before, you know, there was any televised um, women's MMA. So she got thrown into the limelight, you know, and she didn't, and unfortunately she was always in Rhonda's shadow and, you know, she was in a very bad relationship and, you know, I'm happy for her to you know. I think, you no. Know, her and Brian Caraway, you know, split up, so she seems to be in a better place. I'm hoping. So um, I'm just, I, I hope we see just a mentally, um, just focused and, um, inspired, uh, Misha Tate, and not just someone, you know, going in there for a paycheck. Because I think she's you know, probably financially, she was doing okay. I, I don't really think this is a paycheck type fight. That's so why I think she is back in the UFC. Cause I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Bellator, <clears throat> I'm sure some other promotions overseas or PFL could have offered more money. But I really, this is one of the few times I think. She's actually she's actually doing it for the competition, and she loves the sport, so that's good.
2: I think it's perfect matchmaking. This is yeah, the exact perfect, the perfect, matchmaking the too, perfect matchmaking.
5: Perfect yep.
4: matchmaking. I agree. Well, Mary, yeah. this is yeah. Marion's
5: last fight ever, right? Like she's retiring, win or lose. That's, she, that's what she is.
4: Yeah. She, yeah, she is forty-four years old. That's she's, a, the, she's that the, is amazing. The, the amazing.
3: oldest act, the oldest active fighter in the UFC right now.
4: That's incredible. Her <laughs>
2: first, her first pro fight, hook and shoot. November of two thousand seven, lost to Caitlin Young.
5: No, I thought that was uh, that was two fights in one card, right? On one night. Yeah,
2: she, beat, so she, like she the- beat Jan Finney. She beat Jan Finney too, but she lost to Caitlin Young that night. Right. Yeah. And then it wasn't I, her third knockout.
5: <laughs> wasn't she on the card? And I don't remember if this was her next fight or like it was one of her first five fights. Uh, she fought on the card on the first time Gilbert Melendez fought Josh Thompson. Like there was the that was the first matchup and they fought four times, didn't they?
2: That uh that that was the main event of uh strike force Melendez versus Thompson in June of 2008 from uh the HP Pavilion in San Jose, California. That's crazy. Wow, going hey, back I, and wa- I, I gotta go I, back and watch some of those cards. I actually thought Misha, when world. I
4: looked at I was looking at topology and their ages, I thought Misha was a lot older, to be honest. She's only 34. Yep, I, I, I honestly I as long as she's been in the sport, so that was that's just it's pretty wild.
2: <laughs> Chris Carrioso fought on that card. Brian Carraway also fought on that card. How about that? Yeah, I think I think I think Misha even said
5: it herself. Like she was just burnt out.
2: Yeah,
5: she was just tired of the whole process. Like after she lost to Ronda, she was fighting like three times a year. Like took to claw her way back up. I just think she got burnt out completely.
2: Yeah the run just to get to the title i think she mm-hmm. had four wins in like 14 months before she got the title shot against yeah. home which wasn't that that long after the jessica oh. I win. so yeah she was super duper active yeah. uh and I just anybody think, picking I, I just think oh, it's really
4: just really important to highlight to like she like she started she was fighting in like in parking lots like when people like Ronda or even um I don't know any other fighters any other the, the newer female fighters they had someone to look up to you know they had like oh I can be Ronda I can be Joanna I can you know I can be this star when Misha came into this there, there was no there was no star you know it was just like oh let's do this and you no know, hope my opponent shows up and maybe I'll get 500 bucks so I I, I completely understand what a now there's some space away from her retirement, like just what a mental overload that must've been. It's just a pressure, especially, especially always being in the shadow of Rhonda too, to, you know, so to come from nowhere. And then when you finally succeed, then you have this other woman named Rhonda Rousey, just kind of just berating you. And you know, you know how it was, it was, it was just bad, Um, just the back and forth. And I, so I'm, I'm happy. I'm just excited. I hope Misha is happy. I'm hoping it's a good fight, you know, so I'm yeah, excited about we, it.
3: We, th- she she is a true pioneer. I mean, yeah. we throw around the word pioneer a lot. But I mean, it, it'd be like her, Sarah Kaufman, Roxanne Mataferi, Julie Kidsey. There's like just, I mean, this, I, I, I'm leaving a lot of people out, I'm sure. But she's definitely in there. And you're totally right for for her life to just have been consumed uh, for like over a decade. You know what I mean? With just no, with no, well, oh, I guess I said 2007. So almost the entirety of a decade. But probably felt like two decades for her. Um, that's why I think it was so, like when she came out of retirement, one, it wasn't super surprising. And two, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here. I I don't think all of us had the usual reaction of like, oh, hashtag MMA retirement. And, um, you know, she shouldn't be coming back. Again, at least for me, and I I touched upon before, there was this thought that she had kind of, I thought she kind of rounded out her life. You know, she had found a, a purpose beyond Misha Tate the fighter, which, again, is all she probably had been from 2007 to 2016. Um, and as, as great as that was, you know, I'm, I'm sure she, she enjoyed much of the ride as well. To just be that one thing in such an intense profession for so long. Yes. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I can't, I can't imagine the, the kind of mental toll that takes on you. So for her to go away and start this whole other life and then decide, you know what, though, I, I'm like I'm 34 years young. I can still compete. I still want to compete let's do it let's give it one more shot before it's a few years down the road and, and i and i just don't have that option anymore so i i yeah I, I couldn't be more like positive about wanting to see her fight again regardless of what happens on saturday
2: yep perfect matching, like we said i like i mean there's it's just about the fight marioner is not a big trash talker she knows what's what's at stake she knows that this is her last fight i think it's just absolutely perfect so um let me, let me look at the betting line real quick for that one it's pretty it's definitely closer than the main event Misha Tate minus 145 favorite to comeback on Marion Renault plus 125 so line probably perfectly in my eyes anybody picking the uh the upset in Marion Renault riding off into retirement with a big win over Misha Tate sure I'm not I'll be the guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not.
3: But I'm you something. I think she's gonna hurt Misha in at some point in the fight. She's gonna hurt Misha, like crack, crack her with a good shot. Uh, and that might be a good thing. Maybe that'll wake Misha up. But it might be in the first round. Maybe in the second round. I do think Mary Renault is really tough. Uh, she's never been finished um i think a lot of people are, are you know are kind of just wanting to see misha get in there maybe see, see a lot of the old misha get in there and like her you know brawl a little bit get a submission uh I'd, i don't think that's going to happen with man reno this is probably going to go the distance and in yeah, some ways yeah. that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing the matchmakers thing. probably thought yeah probably thought about that let's the, you know 15 minutes get get the whatever whatever bring rust off if you believe in that sort of thing uh but she's gonna she's gonna be tested i, I do think reno's gonna crack her with like a good one at some point and i legitimately like rock her and we're gonna be concerned for a moment. <laughs>
5: And who is, like, who is Mariano lost to? Like, Holly Holm, Raquel Pennington, like, Kat Zingano. Yon, did she lose to Yana, or did she beat yeah, Yana? I yeah, she, lost she lost to, lost. to. Then she yep. beat Sarah McMahon, and then, like, Mason Shazan, yes. who's, like, who was essentially a featherweight, and she's not been finished. And then doesn't she have a win over, like, Jessica Andrade, too? Like, yep. not fighting bombs. and, like, a round. draw against yeah. Betts Gohea, the GOAT. Yeah, so it's very tough. Tough, tough woman.
2: Split decision loss to Ashley Evan Smith, a fight that a lot of people thought Mariner no one and yeah, her only yeah. other loss before that in 2012. Julia Avila on the regional scene. <laughs> How about that? Uh, rest of the main card, we got uh, Matush Gamrat versus Jeremy Stevens mm. at 155 pounds. Mm. No shove, Big no favorite. Shove. Yes, no shove. Hands behind the back. <laughs> I thought Jeremy Stevens. It's it's. Didn't really like his, uh, his comments regarding the direct car close thing, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the return of Rodolfo Vieira taking on Dustin Stoltzfus. That should be a lot of fun. And then the main card opens with an absolute banger. Yeah. Billy Q versus Gabriel Benitez. That is a lot of fun. So some good fights. Uh, I believe the prelims start at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, wire to wire on ESPN plus and the main card starts at 10 PM Eastern. Of course it does coming off of a crazy pay-per-view event. So what are the peeps saying? We'll take some questions, some thoughts, some comments from the peeps. Oh, All right. I'm so excited for Gamera to return. I know it's a gr- <laughs> well, again, perfect, I'm, perfect I, matchmaking. <laughs> Adolfo. I, I got to see how does. All right, uh, Adolfo does. Hadolfo on the wrong end of my, my submission of the year. So far, if Misha Tate wins tomorrow, One would think she's one fight away from a title shot. Who would her next opponent be? Would you throw in there with Irene Aldana, A.K. Irene,
4: one
3: away. away. Man, it's true. The thing is, one thirty-five is such a thin division. Like when when I was reading that question, and I was like, no, she's not one away. But (laughs) I'm just trying to think. Like we said, Irene Aldana certainly ahead of her. who i mean so juliana pena we know her her pal is is fighting next uh gdr got booked or GDRs fighting who's gdr fighting nobody nobody she got booked when I did mean, she get booked
2: i thought she was
3: am i am i crazy I don't, I don't she know. was hurt
2: she, oh, she was injured she had surgery and stuff, so we, she's it, she's out for a little it's bit. It's a good, it's a good,
3: it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing I don't do a show about like matchmaking and uh, future matchups <laughs> because, yeah. You know, otherwise,
5: this, this would be really, this would be really, this would be really embarrassing. Uh, really embarrassing. For me. There's two answers. Uh, <laughs> there's two answers. Go Misha ahead. Tate already ahead, said so if they both won, that she was going to fight Yana next. But now that Yana lost to Irene, she's going to have to fight Irene or just yeah. make the Holly Holm rematch. I don't particularly care either way. Both those fights rule. But if we're basing it off of Misha Tate's MMA math. She was already eyeing Yana because I think they had been like tied together at some point. Just give her the woman that uh, uh, just beat her unless the UFC makes her move up to featherweight.
2: I like the Holly Holm idea. Like I want to see Holm and GDR fight again because I think they owe us another fight after the UFC 208 debacle. But uh, I mean, I'm kind of kidding. But I don't know. What do you think, Casey? I, I feel like the Misha Tate title win over Holly Holm is one of the more unheralded fights. Like... Title fights for sure in UFC history. Like it's not talked about as some of the more yeah. like, exciting MMA. Oh. I mean, I know it was on a Connor card, but I mean, God, that That's, that I, submission win in the fifth round was—I'll never forget win. that. She night. was she
4: was down. I think three rounds to one. She was on her way to losing that fight. It was it was an incredible fight. It was incredible. It was a big upset. Um, it was yeah. There was a, yeah yeah. If, uh, go back to the question If Tate wins. Yeah, Tate Tate home to me is the fight to make, and hopefully. They can give that Diaz type of push where they give it five rounds if it's a co-main event on a pay uh, on a pay-per-view or something like that. Or I want to be in front of fans. That's the only reason I want to be in a, on a pay-per-view. That's the reason. Uh, otherwise, if it's um, yeah, tape versus home too. But I want it five rounds. Um, I don't I don't want Misha to face um Aldana next, mostly because I feel Aldana is most likely next for the title shot. And I just hate when the UFC com- continues to put in such a thin division continue to put number one contenders potentially getting knocked out from a title fight and um if tate beats if tate wins tomorrow and she beats holly heck yeah and no title shot next. but um there's a lot of ifs so uh yeah
2: yeah i think i think the weight miss kind of hurts all down in this conversation mm-hmm. uh because i mean it wasn't just a, she didn't miss weight by a half pound she missed weight by a lot and lady, lady proms, i think that kind of
4: lady princess she has some lady I,
2: I i can't understand that <laughs> but uh i think what i think will end up happening for Aldana, she'll fight the winner of aspen lad versus macy chess on and then Passable. you know make the weight and then you go from there but we'll see 135 number one but some interesting options yeah remember when misha talked about
5: going to flyweight for a bit remember that that was she kept talking about that
2: that was a while ago, yeah. Yeah.
5: But then she then she like did ke- the keto diet and realized that she couldn't cut weight on it. She's like, I'm 135 now. But like if she wants to go to one twenty five,
2: I wouldn't hate her versus Valentina either. Sheesh. Wow. Something you don't really think about that often. No. But you gotta win tomorrow. That's win tomorrow. The, and not, if she doesn't win tomorrow, then none of this matters. So yeah, Matt, uh, she looks good on down. the scale. Slow down 135 Matt, Matt, on yeah. the nose. Championship weight for B sh look tremendous on the scale. Uh thank you, Matt. What else we got? Slow comment. There yeah. you go, Jose. He sold Salesmanship. it. Salesmanship. Pay the men. Dana know know White, you're, you're welcome.
5: Isn't like, <laughs> I, like there are some some like like when I was on Fight Island for a while, like, and they I you can tell when certain like like if a brazilian media member or like a uk media members there like they'll always build up their their fighters the one of the some of the russian media on fight island really like it was just different like they were like islam is could be the champion right now and they just stole the hell out of me on islam and it just felt different than like various other like uh reporters talking up their own fighters like they were like he has no he, he, his path is going to be the hardest to get to, but once he gets that belt, he's not going to let it go. So I'm very, very curious how Islam looks in his first main event.
4: You know, it's interesting. Um, the person that Islam lost to, um, Adriana Martinez. Martinez. Yeah, yeah. The guy never won again after that.
3: No. <laughs>
4: yeah. Right.
3: <laughs> that's
4: a. Nope. That's he, how it he, is. He, he got. He got a you know big up. And he, he was a, he yeah. was a, d- a decent lightweight. Big upset victory. He never won again in his career. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just funny. That's MMA?
5: That's the guy that Cowboy decapitated. That yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Guram called out, offered to fight Islam on five days notice, which made me a big fan of that guy too.
4: Is this true? I didn't hear about this.
5: I haven't heard that, but I think they should be fighting right now anyway. But Dan Hooker, I think, was was one of the guys holding out for the Nate Diaz fight. Because like, when RDA fell out, Islam called out Dan Hooker and the, he was like not a, this was the first fight island like that five week fight island where they had five cards and five weeks all on abu dhabi uh because i think islam was the was was either the co-main or the main it was one of the main events in december or whatever for the habib card um and then dan hooker was doing his podcast and he's like no chance in hell this and that and then he goes but nate diaz I'll fight you on five days notice it was like, as like a jokes, obviously did not work out. That was also when Nate Diaz was tweeting about Dan Hooker. So maybe there was an actual possibility there. Not sure.
3: I'm trying to think how, who has Dan Hooker fought that's similar to Islam. And I, I mean, obviously Gilbert, there aren't a lot of guys Gilbert, that are similar to Islam.
5: Gilbert Burns, maybe.
3: <sighs> yeah. Miller. Yeah. But I think Gilbert's a, 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 quite a bit smaller than, um, Dan Hooker. I guess a lot of oh, people. Yeah. A lot of people. I mean, are,
5: everyone right? at 155 is going to be. Smaller. This is this is true.
3: I don't know, because yeah, the question is asking how how would the matchup go. I mean, I think most of us would favor um, Islam, but I mean, the counter to that is also you know again what we keep saying, Islam hasn't fought anyone quite at that level like that that definite top ten guy yet. Uh, so that's that's what makes the Dan Hooker matchup so intriguing. It's like the perfect test for him. Uh, and you almost wish he was fighting Dan Hooker.
5: What was
4: What was Dober ranked? when they? Fought? Dober
5: was ranked like fourteen.
4: He's okay. in, yeah, he was in there, right? Ra- oh, he was ranked. He just kind of busted. He just kind of got into the fifteen rankings. But I think it was. I think it was just Islam's domination over Dober mm-hmm. that was. Even though Dober wasn't that ranked, it's just like his. Well, that guy Islam's clearly better than a very, very good Drew Dober. I think that that was still, mm-hmm. that, that 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 was it. Fifteen minutes. Did he survive or did he get finished?
5: No, he got finished. He finished. Okay. Well, did he him. Didn't <laughs> even break a sweat?
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, if you watch, think, yeah, the, that's exactly why we feel we look so high. We, look, we look yeah. so high on Islam. Yeah.
3: No,
5: yeah,
4: I do think Dan Hooker
3: is a notch above Drew Dober, yeah, but too. if yeah. but if he and that's why it's such a, like again, it, makes it, sense. it feels it like there's yeah they have such a logical way to build him up. Uh, you just hope that they 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 do go down that path and that uh, someone like a Dan Hooker does accept to fight him. But again, it's it's all up in the air.
4: All right. This, this next Dan Hooker is-
2: said, um, Dan Hooker told our friends at Submission Radio that the only reason uh, the fight didn't get put together between Hooker and Makachev was Hooker wanted to fight on that June pay-per-view card that Volkanovsky was supposed to fight on. Uh, that was like part of it. Uh, but Makachev wasn't going to be ready to go. So that's what happened there. Timing that's why okay. it didn't happen. Well, so that, timing that The card in Phoenix. Maybe yeah, it was June. Maybe it, maybe it was the May card. Maybe it was yeah. the May card. It was okay. maybe it was the Houston card. Because they I think they because yeah. Vulcan was supposed to fight in March
5: before he fell out. Okay.
2: Yeah, and then it was then they were gonna try to make it for then Hooker wanted it for two sixty three, which was the Adesanya, Adesanya that
5: card. Yeah, they were trying to make it. Which the Adesanya card. Yeah. And Islam and redu- wasn't gonna be ready until July. Yeah, and Liddell lot, was on that card, so it yeah, made a lot of sense. So
4: yeah, the problem of Hooker Co- uh, Hooker is a lot of it's scheduling because of the uh, COVID yeah. travel restrictions and stuff. So in the quarantines, I, I not I'm not I don't think any of us drive, or anyone should ever imply that Hooker is, is avoiding Islam in that sense. I think it's just uh, timing and training and COVID all that stuff. So yeah.
2: Now but, if Makachev goes out there and does work here, and then is ready to turn around and fight in September. I think Dan Hooker would probably fight in September since mm. Volkanovsky's fighting on that card. So, I
5: like, that. Dude, I like that, that. that, main That main card would be bananas.
2: He's <laughs> so good.
4: Uh, uh, okay. I, got, I got a question. Yeah, let's see. This one's um, for Jose.
5: Dude, I love Mateus Gamrot so much. He is <laughs> so talented. He is like, I think he just laid an egg in his UFC debut against Guram, but for all we know, Guram is like,
3: yeah, I uh, think the like really yeah.
5: future little do I. Like I just think uh, who I can't remember who he was supposed to fight, but like Grom took that on like a last minute changeup, right? Boost to five. Yeah. And yeah, like Guam just, five. and Guam is like a ma- is the main training partner for Hamzat Shemaev, who was about to fight Leon Edwards for like a title shot. And then uh we all saw like Marlon when Marlon fought Hafiela Sunsaw in his first fight, like we all know Marlon was way better than his, he showed in his UFC debut. And then they rematched and he just tore through him. So I think I think it was a, a weird introduction for UFC fans from Mateus Gamrot, champ champ from KSW. If Casey, you were there. If you remember when we interviewed uh, Martin that. Lewandowski, we were talking about like you and I made it a point to ask him where about Mateus Gamrot's future before he was in, in the UFC. So for a long time, I thought he was the best light. It was like him and Chandler were like the two best lightweights not in the UFC. And I wanted one of if and now we have both of them in the UFC. Obviously he's not gonna get the Michael Chandler uh, treatment, but yeah. uh, I'm if he if he gets past Jeremy Stevens, I'm like the the sky's the limit for him moving forward.
2: Great matchmaking by Dude, the UFC, by the way. Fantastic matchmaking tremendous perfect matchmaking because Jeremy's (laughs) still got a name, even though he's on a losing streak. Jeremy still has that sort of danger behind him. And to see what Matush Gamrod did to Scott Holtzman was super eye-opening because normally he's the guy who just takes you down and just just beat you up for however long the fight is, and just makes it miserable for you. But seeing how improved his striking is getting, and he's got knock, he's got power to finish fights with the strikes. That's a scary thing, man. That's a very scary thing to see. Yeah. If you're a 155er and you're seeing Gamrock go out there and starting to drop dudes with punches, ooh, that's a scary and thing.
5: I I've said this when he when he when like when he, after his first fight, the only reason he's not getting like. The Like if he was in light heavyweight or flyweight, he would get the same treatment as Manel Cape or Yuri Prohaska. Yuri wins like two in a row violently and he's already in title contention and Manel Cape was a backup for the flyweight fight before he even had a fight in the UFC and then he had two back-to-back like top 10 flyweights. Lightweight is just so stacked, and I think Michael Chandler was such an anomaly, and he's like so popular amongst the fight, the U.S. fan base that they gave he's in the anomaly. But any other like shallow weight class of Gamrot could be fast tracked to a title shot.
4: Great, and this is how you do it: you fight guys yeah. like Jeremy Stevens, and yeah,
3: um,
5: awesome. Yeah. Match- do you think?
4: Uh, do you guys think if 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 uh, Gamrot
3: just smokes Stevens, do you think this is finally maybe the end for Stevens in the UFC? <laughs> no. no.
5: No, no never.
2: No. <laughs> no. Jeremy. Jeremy Stevens can lose fifteen fights in a row, and Dana White will think he's just such a savage that he can't possibly release him. Uh, the only
5: thing I would say is if it's not a, like I know it's inevitably Dana White's call for a lot of these things, but like if if Hunter Campbell's like he just makes too much money and he's not winning, then then maybe because like we've seen Overeem and JDS and everyone get get released, and we've seen like uh, our Amari Akhmedov or however you pronounce his last name released. So mm-hmm. maybe, but I'm not. It's like a 1% chance, maybe.
4: All non-Americans, eh? All non-Americans. Yeah. My prediction, mm-hmm. yeah. Connor comes back, loses to Dustin Poirier about 12 more times. Then yeah. we finally get McGregor versus yeah. Jeremy Stevens. Yeah. Who the F is that guy matchup? Yeah. Finally. Resolved. Makes sense.
2: Well, I think, I think what they would end up doing is they'd be like, Jeremy, you either fight your car closer or you're gone. And then he'll have to say yes. At some point, yeah.
5: Jeremy I, Stevens is like last... Three years have just been a murderer's row. Like all top three fighters.
4: And that's, but that's, that's, that's why, (laughs) and that's exactly why he is in the UFC because the matchmakers know that he's an exciting fighter who will, he'll, he'll win exciting and he'll lose exciting. And so he'll push. So the other guy, you know, gets to push. So um, he's, he's great for matchmakers, you know, and 100%. It's
3: true. He should have a job. He should have a job. Yeah. Do
2: do do do. Um. Oh yeah. So I I keep forgetting because he's been Stevens has been booked a, a few times. That the last time we saw him fight was the Cater fight last year. Yep. And that was that was a gnarly. Uh, an made game. Cater look amazing.
5: <laughs> he also missed weight very badly.
2: Yes. Uh, has the Holloway fight been rescheduled? No, it has not been rescheduled. Uh, from what Holloway said during the fight week last week, doing numerous interviews and doing media days and and stuff like that, is that um, he didn't really feel that injured. Just when you go through your medical checks, something popped up, some sort of uh, some sh- sprain or fracture or something that was flagged, and they're like, nope, you can't fight. So uh, he's working through stuff with the UFC, and... We'll see what happens because remember he also said that he was going to be the backup for, he was the original backup for Poirier versus McGregor, so he would already be in Vegas if something happened. He got put on there. So with a guy like Holloway, you could go a, a lot of different ways. Hell, I mean, they might keep him to be the backup for Volkanovsky versus Ortega if if, if needed. So um, it has not been rescheduled. There's no word if it will be rescheduled. We'll see what happens. Just one of those things where the UFC is just there's no timetable. Just fast moving Holloway, right? Is he given no. a timetable yet? No, no, man. It I, is
5: what it is. That's I, what he
2: said. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was. It didn't seem like a serious injury, so it's just probably something. That's Max, takes, Ma, to Max takes
5: his Max and his team specifically take his medicals super serious. Like remember when he lost in Edmonton and we were at there, everyone was asking. Or when he won in Edmonton, everyone was asking him about Volkonsky. He's like, Pfft. he's like, I got to go take tests before I can think about another fight, and then we can talk <laughs> about it.
4: I had, I had a lot of respect for Max Holloway. I already did. But after he beat Frankie Edgar, you know, you know, it was like a workman-like performance. I think it was five rounds. And then basically he admitted afterward, why didn't you go for the kill? He's like, he's like, I don't want to get, if I throw harder punches, that's a bit, that's a more of a chance I get hit back harder too. So I knew I was winning the fight. I don't want to get, I don't want to get hit in the head too many times. You know, I have kids, I have a family. And um, Max always thinking about his future, so you know that's when. So him pulling out of this fight um, due to injury, I'm hope I'm hoping it's just you know a light sprain on his ankle, you know, and he knows he has to be 100 percent if you're gonna fight Yair yeah, Rodriguez. I'm hoping it's not has nothing to do with you know mm-hmm. when Max had to pull out of that fight versus Ortega. was it Ortega? Was it what was the fight yet yeah, before yeah. Frankie came in? Yeah, before the- Frankie, yeah. Ho- I hope it's nothing crazy like that. Um, and I just. Max Holloway's been a lot of wars, and um, so let's just hope it's it's just a sprain. He's back, and he's why? Alive.
3: Why can't he fight with a sprain, Casey? We just saw <laughs> one of the, a high level fighter enter enter the octagon with fractures up and down his legs. He's got the medical proof. He showed the medical proof today. Conor McGregor, my gosh, he had the fra- and you're saying, and, and Max Holloway is taking his his health seriously. Listen. That's why there's that's why there's the McGregor's of the world and there's the Max Holloways of the world. I'm just, you know I'm <laughs> real talk. It is real well,
2: yeah. talk. Take a yeah. couple more. A couple, couple more. Uh, hey, K, did you ever figure out where Jed was? I know the answer to this uh, question, but
3: well, Scott. I mean, again, this came up on BTL, and uh, the problem with the the question i are asking now is is you're assuming that I again, I already said I don't care. So the first question you should have asked is, "Do I care where Jed is?" Uh, the answer is still no. So I think that should answer the question that you did uh, post. So the
2: real question. Uh, moving is, does on, <laughs> <laughs> Jed, is so for mean. some reason, Jed has gotten over amongst the BTL audience. It took a while. He, him it not being while, him, him not there. being there, I knew, and I knew it would happen. That's why he's such a mainstay on the show because, hey, I mean, he, take, he invokes you, emotion. You
5: take, a wa- you take a giant spitball and you throw it against the wall enough times, eventually it sticks. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, right. that's how I'm going to compare that. That is. Wow.
4: Gen- so this,
5: this you, throw is- en- you, you throw enough things at a wall, eventually something will stick to it. And then you say, Look, I told you. And then my, and meanwhile, you have like this pilot <laughs> crash on the floor that just never worked out. Festering. I think I
2: saw best best prelim fight of the weekend. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll keep it simple best prelim fight of this card
5: uh i think it's one of those fights where i'm really interested in one fighter in every single card in every single fight but not the actual matchup uh lemos ruiz fight yeah okanejo i think it's the one i'm most interested in in terms of both women but like I'm always going to watch Daniel Rodriguez fight. Miles Johns is super exciting. Khalid Taha is super exciting. And then Francisco Figueredo, former, uh, I mean, a uh, brother of former champ davidsons really excited. And then Alan, how do you pronounce his last name? Uh, I say Bado. Bado. Bado, like fun fights. I don't, I don't fights, know if that's accurate. Like, nothing that I'm overly excited about for the actual matchup.
3: I I think the Taha uh, Morozov matchup is really good. Taha has been a, pretty inconsistent, but I do think he's talented. And Morozov, I'm super high on. Him. I don't know if I'm quite like Gamrot fanboy level high uh, as Jose is with with uh, with Gamrot, but. <laughs> I think Morozov. I remember when he fought um, Umar, Umar Nurmagomedov. I was like, I thought it was a much yeah. closer fight than uh, people thought it was going to be. And doing wrong, Umar styled that, but Umar looked amazing. He's super legit. But mm-hmm. I think Morozov had his moments too. And I think before, if you watch any of his stuff before the OC, he's a really, really, really good uh, bantamweight prospect. So I would, yeah. if I had to pick, a, if I had to pick a fight where I'm excited to see what both guys can do, I do think the 135 matchup between um, Taha and Morozov Russian, would be my
5: favorite. The Russian media on Fight Island said Umar's the best. Will is, is the most talented of that entire crew. Wow. Like, he is by far the, like, he, they say he's more talented than Islam and Habib. So they think he has the biggest future. And uh, Habib, if you watch his interviews, people have been asking, like, oh, do you, what would happen if Habib fought Pyotr yan like a Russian versus a Russian? And he goes, and Habib's like, Umar said two fights. Like, settle down, bro.
3: <laughs> his stand up <laughs> is a
4: I'm it's, so really. it's, it's so exciting, like it's so I'm, fun to watch. I'm super excited to see Amanda Limoche and, and Montserrat. Uh, yeah, Montserrat, she, as far as a, a promoter, she's got the look. You know, she just like she's someone I when I see, I just if I start walking on the street, I'm like, who the hell is that lady? I want to know her story. You know? <laughs> that
5: lady, that lady gets in fistfights. Yeah, sure.
4: <laughs> what? That lady's a cage fighter? <laughs> I am shocked.
5: <laughs>
4: so uh, as she, she came in. Yeah and she I thought she looked great in her um she fought once in UFC or twice. She fought once. Once, once. Oh, yeah, the bias fight. Yeah. I thought she looked great. Uh I, her run in um and Victor was was great but Amanda uh, Lemos holy moly. I was not a believer in her. But she was originally a 35er, correct? And yep. she yeah. I I just, I, looked, actually, I I just looked at my Tapology topology page and her three strawweight fights, I picked against her every time so I'm 0 3 in her pick. Right. But <laughs> I, I when the way she beat Mizuki Inoue and Livia Souza, I, I think both those women are—they have the potential to be top ten strawweights. They just don't have the—they they just not. But I feel like they have the potential to be. And then Amanda Limos just walks through them. So I am super excited about her. And I think uh, if Amanda Limos looks dominates the way I think she will tomorrow night, um, I think we have a future title contender with her. So excited about that fight.
2: Yep, I think she's legit. She's the yep. real deal.
4: Uh, doo, 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 doo. One more.
5: One more, one more, one more, one more. Um, Ruiz also has a fantastic combination of terrible tattoos and fantastic tattoos.
4: Hi. Hi, Jeremiah. I already responded to this. Hi. In the, there, in the there, chat. There's and virgins. There's, there's four of us. Come on. We can't. okay. Jeez. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh.
2: What shirt is Casey wearing? Oh, it's... um. So I'm glad smaller. this was our last question.
4: Yeah, it's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's a, oh it's a, damn! It's the uh, it's the uh, the VHS cover, the jap for the jap- uh, Japanese release of it.
3: Oh my it says, god! Yeah. Look at this guy. So wow! K-P, you us, you are you are so cool. Have I ever told you that you are so cool? We say. Oh my gosh, hipsters! There's only one shirt. There's only one brand that I represent. Bam! This is the only shirt
4: you need. This is the hippest shirt there is
2: uh i think my wade box shirt is the best oh, one. Yeah,
4: someone, oh yes someone sorry yeah oh, yeah someone asked about that what, what what is your ak ak come on this is a family this is a family show what are you doing
2: yeah we don't want to see that
5: <laughs> You're too AK, crazy. we don't want to see the mma fighting logo we work for we want to see a horror movie about a bunch of cannibals and a base and an alcoholic racist baseball player instead <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's right am i right come on guys what are we talking about yes so note, wade, this is the wade boggs rookie card <laughs> from 1983 on a t-shirt wade boggs is my guy growing up i had over 100 wade boggs baseball cards him and ryan sandberg are the cubs were uh, yeah. my two go-tos I, I, you picked I,
5: one good I, you picked one nice human being
2: i have a mark and i'm a huge yeah. i i liked wade Boggs a kid too and then i
5: realized how he was in real life i'm like well,
4: oh. pass never know never meet yeah. your heroes never meet your heroes. no i'd never <laughs> met
5: the man right. he just opened his mouth <laughs> and spoke yes never,
4: never follow your heroes on twitter yes <laughs> unless, just, unless unless just, they're mma unless they're mma
3: fighters these are the people you should look. these will you should nothing <laughs> nothing but heroes nothing but hero, unproblematic heroes in mma
2: that's right uh we are done we are out of here we'll see you 6 30 tomorrow eastern time for the people's pre-fight show we'll talk a little bit more about this and we'll turn it over to you for 30 minutes so yeah. yes you want to come in oh we got trouble Yeah, he's not dressed like Godzilla this time. Hey, buddy. What's up, dog? There you go. Godspeed. Move along. Move along. (laughs) (laughs) Move along. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to see Space Jam. jam.
4: You bet on the stairs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to see Space Jam 2 in a little while. So good night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Space Jam sucks.